I'm Carolyn Lobsinger. I'm one of the people who make the 7B podcast. You may recognize my name from the various stories I've written for the Bonner County Daily Bee. Every day, the team at the Daily Bee works reporting on stories in our community. Each story is the result of hours spent interviewing, writing, and rewriting to keep our readers and our listeners informed. If you'd like to help us continue to provide quality local journalism, the best thing you can do is become a subscriber of the Daily Bee. If you've already done that, thank you. If you haven't yet subscribed, you can do so by calling us at 208-263-9534 or go online to bonnercountydailybee.com. Now on to our podcast. There are long bike rides and there are long bike rides. John Silva's bike ride, which started over a week ago and included a stop in Sandpoint, ranks among the latter. A recently retired Amador County Sheriff's Office deputy, Silva saw firsthand what domestic violence victims suffered. He wanted them to know there is help available and there are people ready to get them to safety. Silva also loves adventure and challenging himself, pushing to see just what he can accomplish. What better way to do the first than to attempt the second? And that's just what Silva is doing. Launching a 3,000 mile bike ride to raise awareness and funds for Amador Community Foundation's Operation Care. The program works to raise awareness about domestic violence and sexual assault while providing service and help to its victims. Silva began his journey in Kingston, Washington, where his sister lives. He then made his way over to Idaho, riding up US 95 to the border, before making his way over to Bruceville, Montana, to begin his journey down the Great Divide mountain bike route from Canada to Mexico. Come along and listen to our interview with John as he stopped in Sandpoint last week on day eight of what he expects to be a 60-day journey. Those interested in following his travels can go online to facebook.com hashtag John Silva Expedition. Those interested in donating to Operation Care can go online to amateurcommunityfoundation.org or if they would like to help locally, they can help the Lillybrook Family Justice Center, which empowers family violence victims to live free from violence and abuse. Donations to Lillybrook may be sent to 227 South 1st Avenue, Sandpoint, Idaho, 83864. And now on to our interview. What prompted you to ride across the country? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, After retiring from the sheriff's office, Uh this is Amador County, kind of in the foothills, you know, the mountains of California. Afterwards, I was kind of thinking of, you know, what what can I do to kind of give back? Sure. And, And I kind of have a background of doing crazy adventures. You know, solo, self-supported. I don't need anyone. Don't need any uh-huh. help. Um, and but I wanted it to tie it into something having to do with law enforcement, um, not directly, but you know, right. have a tangent. Uh, um, so one thing that's always been near and dear to my heart is domestic violence awareness, mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, but when I worked, I worked really closely with our advocacy group, which mm-hmm. is called Operation Care, and I saw the the great stuff that they do. I have family members, including my wife, she mm-hmm. said I, I can use her, use her. Um, and in a previous marriage she suffered horrific domestic mm. violence. Along my journey, well let me back up. So I've always wanted to do a long mountain bike route and mm-hmm. I've always had my eye on the Great Divide mountain bike route from Canada to Mexico, which is where I'm headed. Now originally I wanted to start off from do the entire route, which starts in Jasper in Alberta, mm-hmm. Canada, but the land border the, the is still border closed. The border being closed. So this was supposed to happen last year. 
fast forward to this year, things are eased up, borders still closed, but I still wanted it to be 3,000 miles because let's face it, it's easier to market to my followers. And hey, I'm going 2,496 miles, 3,000 is a nice round number. So enter Kingston, Washington, where my sister lives, adding that in um, adds it up to the 3,000 miles. And along the way, um, in working with Operation Care, um, I mentioned, hey, I'd love to be able to pop in and, and to various other organizations like yours, I kind of do quick meet and greets, kind of let them know what we're doing to, you know, lend a voice to mm -hmm. increasing domestic violence awareness. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. So this is day eight of a no longer than 60 day journey. Where did you start and where are you ending? <clears throat> I started in Kingston, Washington. Okay. I will end at the New Mexico-Mexico border in mm -hmm. Antelope Wells, New Mexico. I'll, from the start in Kingston, of course, across Washington, over towards the Court Lane area, north to Bonners Ferry. From there, Forest Service roads up until I get into Montana. And then from uh, the border crossing in Montana at Rooseville. I don't know if Rooseville is in the U.S. or Rooseville is in Canada. I'm not sure. But that's where the Great Divide mm -hmm. portion of the expedition starts. Mm -hmm. So the part I'm in right now is segment one. I called a 576-mile warm-up during the heat wave <laughs> for last week anyway. It was terrible. And, I, and, and some of the other things I'm doing, too, I'm, I'm phoning in to our local radio station back mm -hmm. home whenever I have service every couple of days. Um, I'm providing updates to our local newspaper you know, on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've met quite a few people that I'm um, writing stories about on Facebook and Instagram who want their stories heard of them being domestic violence survivors. And uh, it's been like when I was working in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. I gave a lot. You sacrifice sure. a lot between right. shift work. Family loses mm -hmm. out. It's one of the reasons why there's such a high divorce rate in law mm -hmm. enforcement. Um, present company not excluded. Right. Uh, but even in law enforcement, I felt that I got so much also back from the mm -hmm. community. And I feel the same way in doing this. So mm -hmm. if I was doing this alone, would it be right up my, my alley? Yeah, because I like doing this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Although the longest bike trip I've ever done before has been four days. But I'm retired now, so I can set my sights higher. And you've already beaten that, so really. I have. But having it tie into, in this case, domestic violence, it gives it so much more meaning. Seeing people following it on social media, commenting on mm -hmm. it, gives me that additional source of strength and mm -hmm. inspiration when I'm hitting kind of low spots. And uh, so, you know, it's that's that's why I'm here. Why is it important for you to call so much attention to domestic violence survivors and programs that help them? For every every time I hear a domestic violence survivor, mm -hmm. um, it makes me wonder, and it, I know that even advocacy groups can't put a number on it, but let's face it, for everyone that reaches out for help, there is a huge number that never do. Mm -hmm. They feel like no help is there. They're afraid to confide in family. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're ashamed. Maybe they're fearful. Um, and every other emotion that's involved with it. 
I, I when I rode through, uh, I can show you the video uh, in a few minutes if you'd like. Rode my bike through um, Snoqualmie Pass mm -hmm. um, and specifically through that trail and through that two mile train tunnel. Mm -hmm. I kind of did a little segment on my uh, social media. I called it uh, Trapped in My Own Head. Read on if you dare. Um, it wasn't a read on, but it was a, a video I did. And as you enter that tunnel, or as I enter that tunnel, pitch black, and you don't, can't even see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I was kind of tying it into what I imagine it must be like for a domestic violence victim, whether it be emotional abuse mm -hmm. and physical abuse or, or both, mm -hmm. and not even feeling like there's any help out there, no hope whatsoever, nobody to turn to. But mm -hmm. then as I continued on, you see this little pinpoint of light that mm -hmm. ever so gradually up to the end, mm -hmm. it gets bigger and bigger until you burst out through the opening into this brand new world you never mm -hmm. thought you'd ever see again. And so I, I kind of narrated it. It's about a minute and a half long. I didn't do it from the very start of the tunnel. It would have been too long of a video. But afterwards, uh, that evening when I was texting my wife, uh, I asked her if she had seen it. She goes, she did. And she said that it was exactly how she felt for all the years she went through it mm -hmm. when she was afraid to confide in anybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about some horrific stuff. And so it's this isn't just for her, it's quite frankly, it's all of them out there. Right. I, as far as we've come as a society, mm -hmm. I, I still think that domestic violence and domestic abuse is still our dirty little secret. That's mm -hmm. just simmers underneath the civility of of our culture um, and in law enforcement you know uh, here's a great example mm -hmm. so, so operation care we're a small county so my, my job and I look at it as a job and, and my passion mm -hmm. is to get the word out there to those people who sit behind their desks or wherever they work mm -hmm. or at home and to hear about this gain maybe just that tiniest pinprick of light of inspiration mm -hmm. going you know, today's the day I'm going to call Op Care or mm -hmm. that Lily, Lily Brook, Brook um, advocacy and, uh, and talk to them and take that first step. Um, so many people, I, I think that our culture, our, the male-dominated side of our culture, mm -hmm. thinks that only weak people are victims of domestic violence. And that's not the case. No. It's 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 anybody. It's you get in a situation, and anybody could be the perpetrator. Anybody could be a victim of it. And like you said, you have this many people that are that top of the iceberg that actually get into the system. Then you've got the ones that are reported. But how many people are below that that don't even want to report it? That are just well, he she didn't mean it. Mm -hmm. That they, they, they promised it would never happen again. And, or it's just starting, or it's just somebody calling them stupid or mm -hmm. whatever. And it just, where that hidden below the watermark, mm -hmm. you just don't know. I know. And it's, what message would you like to say to those folks that maybe haven't reported it, who are on the path of, either being a perpetrator or a victim, what messages would you like to say to those oh, folks? Oh boy, that is a, 
an excellent question, which I don't know if I can answer it from the perpetrator side mm -hmm. of it, but from the victim side of it, um, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take some courage to take that first step. And if you don't know where to turn, GTS it, Google that, mm -hmm. fecal matter, <laughs> yeah. um, and just type in domestic violence help. And that's what I did in one town I was at earlier just to find out if there was a center. Mm -hmm. So I visited one that wasn't on my list. And I just typed in domestic violence help. And I called them up. They said, come on down. Now if it's a victim, they are so sensitive in how they handle these things. Mm -hmm. And their utmost priority is the safety and security of that individual calling. So most of their sites, they have advice for how to get on a site without your, the perpetrator being aware that you right. are or having an escape button or, or something. So that's my message. Mm -hmm. You know, don't give up hope. If you don't want to call law enforcement, okay, that's fine. That's their prerogative. But reach out to an advocacy group because mm -hmm. they don't, they're not mandated reporters mm -hmm. like with child abuse. Right. They are. Um, and... That's the first step. As far as the perpetrators go, mm -hmm. I didn't do a lot of speaking engagement before this because mm -hmm. things were still ramping up. With the one that I did do, you know, it's just hypothetically you have a group of a hundred people, mm -hmm. and this one just happened to be an all male group, and there's no question in my mind that out of a hundred people, a certain percentage I can't put the number be, right. have been perpetrators, and right. maybe some have been victims of right. it too. Um, it's it's oh, not definitely. it because men are victimized, but physically we're stronger and mm -hmm. but we may not get hurt as bad. But my wife has had bones broken, gun pointed to her head. Her infant daughter had her arm dislo shoulder dislocated, suffocated. Mm -hmm. My wife at the time, as a young mother in her early twenties, had to revive her first child. Um, so it's. I think it deserves a voice, and people know that there's a, there, there's resources there to at least help them take that first little step. And uh, with each one that they take, hopefully it'll lead to some type of recovery and getting out of a situation. Mm -hmm. Years ago, um, when I was, before I retired a year mm -hmm. and a half ago, but many years before that, uh, one of the collateral assignments I did at the Sheriff's Office, I worked on the Sheriff's Office annual tour drive. Over the years, I got jaded about it because at first people were appreciative, then they got, you know, gee, don't you have anything better? There was a sense of entitlement. And so I got kind of jaded on it, going, okay, I'm not really don't feel like I'm anything other than giving these people who are probably drug addicts a break where they don't have to spend a dime, which means they're spending on something else right. that they shouldn't be doing in the first place. That was all put by the wayside when this woman walked in with her three adorable boys. She had just fled that week Los Angeles, 400 miles north to a little rural county where I live and work. To, to feel safe enough, she was placed by Operation Care either in the safe house or, mm -hmm. or someplace else, and she didn't have anything to her name other than her car, her kids, and the clothes on their backs. And to be able to help that one family, that one woman, mm -hmm. um, along her 
road to recovery mm-hmm. and getting away from domestic violence all of a sudden made it all worthwhile. Sounds corny, but no, it doesn't. It's it just helped put a face on. Okay, here's here's the reason why we're doing this. Here's the reason why, but people like this. Okay. Yeah. That's the reason. That's what we need to focus yep. on. That's what we need to. Yeah, and then there's a, a fundraising piece of this too, mm-hmm. um, because most so many of these uh, DV advocacy mm-hmm. groups, most of them are grant funded. And so that shouldn't be confused that they're flush with money. Yeah, and grants, it, you don't get free money. Everything no, comes no. with strings. You can't always buy what you need to buy. So to have a disc- discretionary funds to be able to mm-hmm. pay for a soccer registration right. for this elder of the three boys of this woman who fled from Los Angeles, they can do that mm-hmm. with that. So. An equal part of this is the fundraising side. Mm-hmm. Probably a bigger part is the domestic violence awareness mm-hmm. side. If folks want to donate to the cause, what is it and how can they help? There's a website. Uh, it is acfgives.org. And um, it's tax deductible. Mm-hmm. 100% of the funds goes to Operation CARE. Zero percent mm-hmm. helps with expenses mm-hmm. um, associated with this expedition. This is something that I, that's mm-hmm. why it's called Give Back Ad- Adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, so the money with Amador Community Foundation, which is acfgives.org, uh, they're being used as the uh, kind of my fiscal partner in this, sure. um, which is great. Operation Care can focus on all the other promotion and wonderful social media things that they're doing, as is ACF, uh, but nobody has to worry about how the, how the money works. Right. Um, and it's, like I said, it's tax deductible. Those who have donated get an, an immediate email with their you know, um, tax receipt for their, their mm-hmm. tax preparer if, if they itemize. Um, and then, of course, I do social media. Uh, I'm new to it, but I still try to post twice a day. Facebook and Instagram. Okay, Insta- and where where can folks find you on either or In- both? Instagram is Give Back Adventures. Okay. Twenty twenty one, all one word. So if you just type in at Give Back Adventures twenty twenty one, the first search thing in your search bar should come up to my uh, my Instagram. Facebook, it's a little bit slightly more convoluted. You have to type in my name, um, mm-hmm. John Silva S I L V A. And the uh, Give Back Adventures page is a subset of my main page, Mm -hmm. which I don't have anything on the main page other than my (laughs) picture, because Facebook makes you do a main page. You can't just have your charity page. Uh, So you'll see it in fine print, so you click on that. Mm -hmm. I'll know when you do that. Uh, When I have service, I'll see that, okay, uh, I'll invite people to like the Give Back Adventures. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that they don't just see the John Silva page and there's really gotcha. not much of the way of any posts. The Give Back post, I'll show it to you before I leave. Um, the Give Back page uh, is shows some great human interest type stories mm-hmm. and the kindness of strangers in the seven days I've been mm-hmm. on the road, um, as well as uh, some, some vi- a victim or two of, of domestic violence mm-hmm. with their inspirational stories. What has what is how's the trip been? You said this is day eight. Day what eight. are some of the adventures that you've already had in that just over a week's time? 
Oh boy. Um, they're all people oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, hearing, hearing their stories, mm-hmm. sharing my story, being a recipient of their kindness. Uh, uh, for anybody who does get on the social media, mm-hmm. you know, onto the page and read some of my past posts, it's, it's really gratifying to see that uh, the positivity of, of human nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, people see the bike and they'll ask a question and one thing leads to another. Mm-hmm. Next thing I'm, I'm camping on their property and, or having dinner with them in their house uh-huh. and, and things, things of that nature. Has it gone better than you thought? A little harder than you thought? The ride's gone exactly how I thought, with the exception of the extreme heat. I wasn't expecting the uh, the heat, uh, so that's been a challenge. Always kind of monitoring how much water I have. In fact, right. that's how I met one of these wonderful families. Uh-huh. Uh, small little country road, big beautiful house. I'm not going to knock on a door, but if I see somebody outside, sure. I'll ask. In this case, nobody was outside, but half mile, quarter mile down the road, there was a, a work truck c- coming up a dirt road from the farmlands mm-hmm. with somebody in the back of the truck. I go, well, great, I'll wait at the end of the road until they come out and, and ask them. Lo and behold, he was the owner of the house. Uh, and he had a lot of family and he's got 20 grandkids. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm eating dinner there, camping at, I call it their resort. They have a pond about a half mile away with, you'd think you're at a little resort in the middle of nowhere. I was the only one there. And then I had breakfast with them. Oh. They all follow me. I think that, I'm pretty sure they've donated. I don't follow it. I don't want to concern no. myself with that. Um, at the end of the trip, I'll say, hey, how do we do? My, my goal is just to see people have these converse, conversations. Right. How did you make it through the extreme heat with it being so hot and so... Mm-hmm. Well, within the first couple of days, it was, I forget what it was, but it was 107 or so. Yeah. And I think I might have also have been on pavement. There was a lot of uh, bike paths I was on, which were cooler because there were trees. And sure. Sometimes they were gravel. I ended up taking a, uh, a long break during the day. And then I started riding again. I forget what time it was, six, seven o'clock in the evening, and mm-hmm. I rode till three o'clock that morning. And oh, it was gosh. all it was all on dirt roads. I found out later it was on military owned property. <laughs> Thank goodness I made it through there okay without, you know, getting in trouble for it. Uh, but it was extremely windy. So, and same thing last night. Right. I, I rode into Sandpoint probably. Uh, the, the sun had gone down. Um, so obviously I was navigating with my headlight. Mm-hmm. Coming across the bridge, seeing seeing the water, seeing the silhouette mm-hmm. of the mountains. It, it, was, uh, it was a tough day. But that was after a three to four hour break <coughs> at a town, town park that I just kind of, uh, I call it chasing, chasing shade hydrating and chasing shade how many miles are you trying to do each day do you have a goal or is it just based on the terrain and how you're feeling uh the latter um the terrain how i'm feeling i'm kind of keeping it organic that way Mm -hmm. Uh, i think my lowest mileage day was maybe 40 miles my highest mile 
mileage day was almost 100. Mm -hmm. Yesterday was 77, day before was 92. Um, so it, it does vary with the really terrain. Really just depends. Yeah. <clears throat> what else would you like to add, John, about the trip, what you're hoping to accomplish, what message you'd like to get out there, anything that we haven't already covered? In the seven days of this trip, of a 60-day mm -hmm. trip, I already feel that I've had a lifetime of memories um, from the domestic violence awareness side, the kindness and the human heart side. What I would like to see is obviously that continue, but to uh, just continue spreading the word, um, continue to uh, inspire people to follow my journey. Um, like I said, I'm new to the social media, but if they follow the journey, I am interweaving my post with, mm -hmm. with uh, stories of domestic violence and mm -hmm. domestic violence awareness without being too heavy-handed one way or... Are you having fun? I'm having fun. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been exhausting, but so tremendously rewarding. Um, but I wake up feeling great uh -huh. physically. I'm not a young man anymore, obviously. I'm 62 years old. Um, I'm blessed with great health and, and fitness. Um, genetically, it's not uh -huh. through hard work. Uh, so, but I seriously, I wake up um, feeling fine. My, my legs feel great. Mm -hmm. um, I'm okay riding on the bike, trapped in my own head for mm -hmm. hour, hours on end. And But it is draining just from the standpoint of... Uh, there's a lot of people counting on me for a story. Sure. And but that's okay. I, I signed on for this, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm learning a lot from it. And I think, knock on wood, I, I hope we're doing a lot. And I say we because mm -hmm. uh, Amador Community Foundation, that's the ACF right. and Operation Care. They're a huge part too because they're posting and reposting, and oh, uh, so they're they're equal partners in this. I'm just the one. I've got the easy. You're just part. the one doing the the bike ride. I just got to go out and ride. And, you know, I was at, in Spokane, I was having breakfast yesterday morning before doing my ride. And I was the only one in the restaurant. And in the background, I heard this song. I go, that sounds like a Queen song. And I'm more visual. I'm not an auditory, mm -hmm. auditory learner. So sometimes I can't really pick up all the words. But it sounded like they kept on, uh, the chorus was, I just want to ride my bike. I go, that can't be, but I got on, on uh, Google, and sure, sure as heck, that was the name of the song. I just want to ride my bike by Queen. I've got the easy part. I get to ride my bike. You've been listening to the 7B Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and remember to check back next Monday to hear the latest news and stories that are happening in our community.